Hello, and welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh, and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today's episode is about After Sun. Join me today. We had to wake him up for this, given that he was in a rave last night on the West Coast. It's Ben Lubin. Ben, what's going on? I'm under a lot of pressure to uh, get this episode right. <laughs> and also joining us this they just got finished singing rem at karaoke it's arjun call arjun what's going on um yeah you know yeah nothing much hoping timing this episode right hoping that uh either phoebe bridges or paul mescal will notice and uh something will happen you never know <laughs> there, you go. there you go um arjun's re- referencing uh paul mescal specifically and phoebe bridges specifically because uh paul mescal is uh the star of after sun which is the debut feature de- directorial debut from uh scottish writer director charlotte wells produced by barry jenkins and his crew of friends which is pretty cool uh and it's the, the movie is about an 11 year old named sophie played by a newcomer to acting frankie corio uh who takes a you know she's on a She's on a summer trip with her dad, who is uh, is separated from her mom at this point. She mostly lives with her mom, but they're taking this trip to this uh, uh, rather uh, somewhat of a dingy resort in Turkey and doing different kind of activities and uh, seems to be a fairly nice time. But, you know, as the movie goes on, uh, Sophie, who we learn is a you know very smart, perceptive girl for someone that's just 11, you know, comes to realize, hey, maybe um, maybe everything is not as uh, not as great as my dad would like me to think on the surface, even though he is you know, having a, it seem, seems to be able to be playful at times and, you know, very, and, and have some very uh, nice moments with her that there, there's moments where that facade, you know, starts to crack every now and then. And you know what, guys, I'm not going to say much else than that. Cause I don't, it's, it's not the most plot heavy movie in that way where I need to really summarize a lot else, but that's kind of where we are. We're just, you know, we're hanging at a resort with these people. And uh, we also kind of come to see, I should also note, we also kind of come to see uh present day, like thir- or 20 years later, 31 year old Sophie reflecting on this and watching through uh camcorder footage that she took on that trip and she's clearly reflecting on this time with her dad for reasons that you know are maybe never fully explained but we kind of come to learn a little bit more about him and i I guess i'll just start by asking you guys because it's a it's a very 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 quiet subtle movie but it seems like a lot of people have had you know big reactions to it even with that um so and, and I guess I'll start with you, Ben. And I, you know, sometimes when I start on the podcast, like I'll, I'll ask a, a very specific question. And then uh, sometimes uh, you already have something geared up to say, and you just kind of run in a whole other direction and take it somewhere else. So I want to start, I want to start some, somewhere a little more broad with you and just ask like, why did you respond so strongly to this movie in particular? So look, this is going to come up at some point in the podcast. So I'm just going to like put it, put it all up front. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad died a couple of years ago and I think this is very much a movie that hit close to home for me as a movie about someone who is interrogating their memories of a now dead parent trying to understand them, especially given like given the lack of the actual person being alive with them at that moment. And also, can you excuse me for one second? Because yeah. I, 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 first of all, I'm going to say like, the, the, just because of the way this story is told in this movie, this this does not require a separate spoiler section. But I also think they never explicitly say that. Uh, they, they never explicitly say that Callum, who's that's the name of Paul Mescal's character. I don't think I said it. I don't think they ever explicitly say he's dead. I think you can infer that based on what you see the present day version of her doing. But I think it's yeah. more clear that he's just probably not in her life anymore, whether it's that or something else, right? Um, it's I, from my perspective, it's made pretty clear that he's dead. Oh, okay. Sure. Um, they, I don't, they, they don't actually say that because there is very little that is said in the present right. day. Sure. But um, that is how I, I read the movie. I don't think that he is, he is irretrievably lost somehow. Like if he's, even if he's not dead, he's not, 
she's not and might and never he may never will be in a place that like you know she can start yeah. talking right right I, I just read this the film is a guy having a lot of uh, unreconciled demons and who knows where that took him but uh so that's why i was kind of like wanting to make sure i didn't miss something either though but uh sorry go ahead ben no i mean just for me emotionally it, it read as yeah he is dead and on some level this is also something that is not stated but this may be one of the last real memories she had of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when someone is gone, you spend a lot of time interrogating those last moments you had with them, just looking for some deeper understanding of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, the, just to go back to the why this hit personally for me, I love traveling. It is one of my favorite things in the world. Um, and that's something I shared with my dad a lot. Uh, he basically took a couple of years off after college and just like saw the world uh, in a way that most people can never even dream of doing. And that was a huge inspiration for me. Um, he pushed me to travel when I got older. And when I was younger, we went on a lot of like trips and road trips and stuff like that together. And the other thing is Turkey is a country we both really, really loved and talked about a lot. So I am really mad at Charlotte Wells for making a movie targeted at me specifically. <laughs> um, but I think one of the things I really responded to in this movie, I think it's very easy, especially uh, in, in the way sort of Josh described it, to assume this is a movie about uh, a girl remembering her like monstrous fuck up of a dad. And that's really not what this is. And on some level, uh, it is something this movie avoids entirely. Uh, Paul Mescal's character, Callum, is not a monster. He's not a fuck up. He's not a a, a shambling, repulsive failure who, who inspires loathing in uh, the Charlotte Wells uh, surrogate character or the audience. He is someone who is not fully prepared to be a dad who has personal themes that he is struggling with who despite that is fundamentally trying the best he can mm-hmm. and who lo- very clearly loves his daughter very much mm-hmm. and despite the problems that we do seep through we never doubt that love uh either that he has for her or that she has for him and i think that portrait of flawed people who are fundamentally trying their best is it, it is the more empathetic version of this movie and it's it's what we got and i think it's why i responded to it in the way i did yeah arjun um, you reached arjun you reached out about talking about this movie quite some time like probably three months before i even had a chance to even watch it myself so i knew something i i knew it really stuck with you as well uh what, what did you respond to in after sun oh yeah a lot a lot of small things i think one of I mean, one of like the biggest ones is yeah, like it was the first movie I saw after you know coming out to my parents as non-binary, whatever. I haven't even decided yet. Forget that out later when I'm 47. Um, first movie that I saw after telling my parents about that, and as someone who has like a, um, you know, I mean, my relationship with my parents isn't like perfect. It's it's they're they're like you know, they're ups and downs, and 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 a lot of that has been. Um, related to things like moving around a lot and with with my family so it's sort of like almost almost a you know 
almost a mirror to the way that Ben connects to with traveling is, is sort of I like my, my childhood my childhood is full of a lot of like moving around and a lot of um, especially around like that age like yeah 11 12 is when we moved from Thailand to Canada there are moments then in, in sort of like yeah like when on vacation like that when you get to see your parents as someone who doesn't have any children I don't know I, I would guess that, that like being raising a child isn't sort of always fun like you you know you don't you don't really get to see that side of your parents like your parents trying to live as themselves and I don't you think and until you're an adult you don't really see you don't really get to see you don't, you don't really you get to realize that that your parents have that side that's um you know that's like in after some there's these sort of series of moments where that I loved where um um Oh God, I've forgotten her name. Who, who, what's Frankie Corio's character? Sophie. Sophie. Yeah, I was going to say Frankie. I don't know. I'm bad with names. Um, um, yeah, um, there, there, there are these series of moments where Sophie is sort of like, um, she, she sort of observes, she sort of like observes growing up in like, she sort of like, this is a, a bad way to put it, but she sort of like speed runs growing up, like seeing like other people, like seeing other people, like, you know, seeing a man kiss another man for the first time, having her first kiss, seeing like, you know, like people, people's bodies and physicality having fun and like you know like being able to like go and enjoy themselves and she sort of it's never fully it's like part of the you know the genius of the movie it's never fully connected to the fact that she sees this in she wonders about this with her dad she wonders about the side of her dad and how her dad is like you know like how her dad how her dad can be a fun whole human that who can let go and just feel sort of at content and at peace and but yeah, the, the connection is sort of made that she feels like this when she's older, right? Like, how come my dad, why did I never see my dad like this? Why couldn't I see my dad like this? Or if she did, like, like why was, you know, why, yeah, why was my dad going through this? And it was really, um, I love that the movie sort of made the, made the choice to think, like made the choice to, you know, make us think about that as someone who finds it sort of difficult to see that side of my parents, especially when I was younger with a lot of moving around, a lot of like the way that, yeah, the way that it was connected to sort of traveling, it's, it's, I'm not making much sense with my point here. And, um, well, no, I, I think, yeah. I think you, I, I think you are. Like, I think, I think yeah. connected to a lot of, like a lot of different like facets, like, you know, the, the coming out that the, the, the traveling bit, the seeing the side of your parents that you would never see sort of at home bit, and this sort of like wondering the, the knowledge that, 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 you know, that that isn't like an ecstatic good, necessarily an ecstatic or good thing, like seeing a new side of your parents. It's, it's, it's seeing them as, you know, it's wanting to see them as human. It's wanting to see them as, um, as, as, as content and the knowledge that even if that isn't a, a good thing, you, we should, I don't know if the movie should carry shoulds, but we, as just as people should maybe still want to do it. We should still want to see the whole side of, the people who raised us, whether that's parents or mentors or whatever, even if we're confused or saddened by the thing on the other side, it's um, yeah, it's it's I, as someone who had a hard time seeing that with a very busy childhood that involved a lot of moving around, that was really powerful. That, that the movie sort of made us wanted us to think about that. I hope or Charlotte, Charlotte Wells did. Um, I also just love Turkey as well. It's a really beautiful place. This is sort of like I like I haven't been on one of these vacations, but um my like my cousins who are like you know like live live in the uk went on one of these kind of like bog standard like 
not great resort holidays to like Spain every year kind of and it was like it was I, I found that really interesting that I got to see like oh wow this is this is again like this is you know it's it's seeing seeing a side of the people who you you, you love that you would never be able to see and yeah it's um I was gonna say outside of the question of should I think seeing your parents more as full full people is just something that's natural it's not it's not like whether you should or shouldn't do it it's just you do, especially as you get to the age that they were when they had you, you are naturally going to grow to understand more and more about them. I, and I, I think it's, look, accepting, obviously accepting certain uh, cases, like certain parents, I think it is a, it's a very natural part of, of getting older. Yeah, I can, I come at this, I come at this from a different point perspective, I guess, from you guys, in so much as that, like I, uh, I, I, I don't think anyone has a perfect relationship with their parents, but like my, my I, I feel like I'm, I'm very blessed to have like grown up with a little less familial strife than maybe your average person my age, and that like my, I saw both my parents, they're and they've been married for 35 years, and I feel like growing up, I, I don't think I saw, I, I don't think I ever like, had, I never really had a, none of them ever, I think my at times they might've had their own personal struggles, but they probably did a better job of like shielding us from them. And uh, like, I never really witnessed anything all that bad that I didn't really, or any, any real learn about any real problems they had. till they just told me about them maybe when I was older and growing up, it's like, I might've seen them have like the run of the mill arguments and maybe a, a few things about financial things here and there, but that probably might've even been worse than I built them up my head. Cause I was a little kid and I didn't really understand what I was hearing. So I didn't really, I, I really can't necessarily relate to being like a young, uh, someone that young and starting to like, kind of see your parents as a person in that way uh so but like that doesn't mean that there aren't young kids that aren't that perceptive as sophie is in this movie and i i think the fact that like maybe i i i, I might not have had as much of an initial like uh feeling of like oh i see myself in this like you guys did that i still really enjoyed the movie i think this speaks to how well observed the movie is anyway and how someone can really appreciate that even if they maybe don't necessarily have that personal connection um and so i i was just like I, I was just like very, very impressed and, and and still moved to some extent, maybe not the extent to which other people were that uh, hit, hit them a little deeper. But I was just like, I, hey, I think this is a really good, a really cool way to make a movie, too. And I, I don't know if I, I, I think it's a term I feel like I read in a review somewhere, but it's like it's like what if an entire movie was just a memory? And and I'm sure like versions of that are there's there's other versions of that, but it's like kind of cool to like be like, oh, yeah, when you try and think back on a time in your life like that with a person you haven't seen in a while, like it's it's, it's going to really come up in different ways like they are here. I've seen a lot of people make the point that like, I mean, half the time you're seeing Callum from like a, 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 a different like kind of an off kilter angle or through a doorway or something like that. And like you're not always going to have the clearest memory of someone like that. But hey, you're going to be able to kind of piece things together and you're going to wonder like, hey, is there something more there that I was missing or that I didn't see at the time that could have explained something? And at the same time, like when this movie kind of hits you in the chest at the very like if, if it kind of hit, hits you even harder at the end and it sneaks up on you because like so much of it was so subtle up until that point, you're wondering as the viewer, did I miss something, too? And like and it made me kind of excited to go back and watch it again. Um, and we, we've been through it before how you don't really rewatch movies, Ben, but like I, 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 I kind of do sometimes and other times I, I question whether or not I want to when it's like a movie, like say something like a glass onion or a whodunit or something like that. It's like, oh, I want to go back and look for all those clues. And I'm like, wow, this is not at all that kind of movie. And I'm excited to go back and watch. I think that speaks to like how, how smartly it was crafted. And that was kind of like a, a, 
a big takeaway that I had as someone that maybe like came at it from a very different perspective from the first two that you guys had, but still really appreciated the movie nonetheless. Okay. One thing I, I was thinking about while you were saying that is yeah. something Arjun and I talked about at one point, um, mm-hmm. a director who I think makes for kind of a very strange parallel uh, for after sun is a director we both love who I know Josh, you are now a little uh, colder on Terrence Davis. Uh, who directed Benediction, which uh, I loved. I know, Josh, you're a little colder on. Um, but it's it's good. This is now a Benediction podcast. Um, <laughs> no, but one of the things Davis does incredibly well is make what I call memory films. Oh, okay. um, I think memory. Well, yeah, I guess. That, something- yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'm like, I'm talking right now about how like how how, how unique is that, and I just watched one because that's what Benediction basically is too. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, but I, I think memory is naturally one of those ideas that is incredibly well suited to be explored on screen. Um, and I think for me, some of my favorite movies, and I think some of the movies that best demonstrate the usage of film as an art form, do tend to relate very strongly to notions of memory and exploring uh, the often unusual and sometimes absurd ways that our memory can work. I, I think... Uh, Davis films tend to be a really good example of this and his debut feature uh Edition Voices Still Lives which uh is for it's the best movie I saw during lockdown mm-hmm. um I think is a really good example of a movie that is basically structured in a way to echo the main character's memory and the way it kind of zigzags from past to present the way moments don't connect based on narrative needs but almost just because of the the musical flow of memories the term i use and i think after sun is a more formally restrained movie than that one but there is a parallel in that the way after sun is structured is structured based on sophie's memory and i was joking distant voices still lives and after sun would make for a very interesting albeit heartbreaking double bill hmm. um but yeah, but I, I think the, you're, you're, you are wrong that this is not the first movie to kind of explore memory in this way on screen, but you're right in that it's always an incredibly interesting and beautiful, beautiful thing. I didn't thing say it was say. the first. I, I didn't get that wrong. I corrected myself as I was saying it. It okay. was just like, okay. I, I, feel like, I feel like I hadn't seen someone do it in that, do it in that way uh, where, where it just felt like every in such a way as like, for example, like I do think there, while it's not not exactly in a tradition, in, in traditional sense, like I, I think there's like, even more plot and benediction than there is in after sun. And I just think it's kind of, I, I do think it's, 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 it's fairly impressive to like have it, you know, just be something that's like so loosely plotted and then still like, you know, carry that much emotional weight at the end. I, 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 I guess it, that that's what sure. kind of struck me about it where it was just like, it was something that wasn't like as streamlined of a story, but like still found a way to really like uh, move you in that way. It was something that really impressed me. Okay. Next on my list is finding, uh, finding a way to get you to watch last year at Marion bad. Interesting. I'll we'll talk about that offline. Uh, um, yeah. But yeah, I guess I don't know. I, I, I again, I just re- I really res- I really respected the the structure of the movie in that way and how it really uh, and how it just really like I, I also that like a first time filmmaker was able to make something like that in a, in a yeah. way like that they I mean maybe not the most expensive biggest investment in the world to make but still 
uh, like to, to whoever, like, you know, help get this movie made to like allow this first time filmmaker to like do something that that subtle that that with, without like a big um that didn't like exactly have like a big moment that you would typically think a movie like w- w- any kind of movie would lead to. Like oftentimes you might be watching like this and you're expecting it to build up into like a big blowout scene, something like even bigger than like the, the one kind of big argument that Sophie and Callum have. You're maybe expecting something else and it doesn't give you that. And I, and I, it lets you kind of like fill in the blanks regardless. And I think that's the other thing I just like that really kind of like impressed me about it was that like there, there wasn't some kind of pressure on this filmmaker to like have a, tr- a traditional climax and just trusted that like, Hey, the audience will, the audience will see the, the, the right things in it anyway to really get what they need out of this movie. Like, honestly, like, I think it like, I, I liked the, um, I, I think it did have like, it, it didn't have, I, I get what you mean. It didn't have like that kind of traditional climax, but I think it really sort of. Or, or I guess the explanation for like what happened yeah. too is like, you know what I mean? Like, or, I get it. I get yeah. it. I get, I, I get what you're saying how we, yeah, he's probably dead, but like we didn't have to see that on screen or whatever, you know? Yeah. Well, like to me, like the, like the under pressure needle drop and the, those sort of like postscript scenes. And one thing like the minor side that I did love about this movie is that I really, I, there was refreshingly little of adult, of adult Sophie. Like it was, very distinctly like a decision that if I had made this movie, I would put way more, I would have put way more of adult Sophie in and I would have been wrong to do it. Like it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, um, it was really refreshingly restrained. But um, I, I think like, you know, that last sort of like under pressure and needle drop and sort of when you, when she finally comes back to those. Yes. That is a powerful moment that I certainly built towards. I, so I, I, yeah. I should, I should probably rephrase what I said, but I'm glad you no, brought that scene up. I, I think you're, you're still right. It's like, it's, it's like a, it's not it's not a powerful moment in like you know it's not a real sort of climax but it's sort of like you get what it's it's sort of the the uneasy feeling that you had been getting through this movie is sort of like what you suspected is true like her father is irrevocably irreparably I said he had some I said he had some uh, demons that had not been reconciled was how I put it yeah and like that like that sort of ending point in the movie I think is not like it it's 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 yeah it's it's not a traditional climax but it's the point when it's emphasized that um whatever he is suffering from like he maybe not he didn't get past it but he he didn't get past it enough to be in Sophie's life at the moment like this is but 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 also that but this is like a memory movie in the sense that it's it's a movie about a memory and it's a movie about the actor from memory memory it's the yeah. movie that like it is it is distinctly for all of the beautiful sort of pitch perfect construction of the past that it does it's a very distinctly movie that takes place in the present it's really but, yeah but also it, do, it does show like ben was making the point at the beginning like hey this is a guy trying his best it's like at that point it's become apparent that to us more way more so than earlier in the movie like hey he has a lot of things going on you're seeing that like that that's that's a great example of him trying his best and him showing like hey he can be charming and have this charisma on the outside if even if something else is going on on the inside he's really doing his best to like be there for his daughter in that moment and also it's kind of it hits you it hits you too that like oh wow this might be the last good memory she has with him this particular moment where they're dancing yeah and like you know the the big earth-shattering climax is that isn't that you know it's not the resolution of what happens to her father it's not it's not the resolution of what happens to Calum. it's the realization that sometimes people can truly try their best and still be gone from your life 20 years later. And that is um, a very sort of, you know, yeah, I need to call my mom. That kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. No, well, so something I think I've seen some people critique about the movie that is something I love, and this sort of goes to what you were talking about, Josh, is the idea that it, it's it's not that we don't have kind of the big emotional moment, it's that we don't have the big emotional moment that shows why we're watching this particular memory. Um, we don't, this wasn't the the time they had a big fight. This wasn't the time they had like that, the defining 
cathartic moment. But truthfully, that just isn't how life works. We like to think that, oh, all our memories, all of our moments are kind of segmented into, oh, well, this is, this was the trip where X happened. This is like the trip where we had the fight. This is the big moment associated with this experience because that's sort of the way Hollywood likes to frame things. But that's just not how life works. And especially if you are remembering a moment that was special and important, but that almost feels more innocuous, like feels innocuous in the way you experience it, but more momentous in hindsight, which is what this trip is for an adult Sophie. You're, it's more about interrogating those small moments for meaning and for some more, some closer and more poignant portrait of the person who is no longer there. Like it is the quiet moments in this movie that I think for me hit emotionally harder than anything else because of how human and resonant they are. Like there, there is this one moment in particular, and I really do want to highlight Paul Mescal's work in, in this movie because mm-hmm. he's not an actor I was at all familiar with before. I haven't seen normal people from what I've heard. It is not my thing. He was in The but... Lost Daughter too, but it was a small part. I was just going to say, because that, that, it was funny you went there, because that was going to be the next question I was going to ask you anyway. It was like, you, you, you said you said a few minutes ago, yeah, so much of this movie is unsaid. And I think that makes his job so hard, and, yeah. but he does it very well. No, so, so much of his performance is incredibly subtle, incredibly layered, and incredibly poignant. Like, there, there, there's one moment in particular that I keep coming back to. It's the moment uh, he had spent the entire, uh, basically, night before uh, on a bender. And there's this moment where, uh, and he basically, he locked Sophie out of their room. And there's a moment the next day where she tells him. And the look of absolute shame um, on, on his face, it's something we don't have the, the explosion of tears. We don't have the... Because he doesn't want to upset her at the same time. Yeah. But you just see every emotion pass through this person's face in a way that is heartbreaking and incredibly beautiful and maybe the best single moment of of acting of the year. And and I think he's, Paul Mescal is now starting to get some very legitimate best actor chatter. I think Gold Derby has him at like number six right now. So fingers crossed. But if it's him, Cruz, I really hope it's him. I, I, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think I, I have him at least in like my top two right now, but I, I would really love for him to crack the five. Who, Tom um, Cruise? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, Tom Cruise is number one. So, yeah, someone who enjoyed Top Gun Maverick more than me, then how do you, how yeah. do you feel? Um, America, fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I, I would love for uh, Paul Mescal to to crack the five. And it does seem like this is a movie and something we were talking about offline a little before we started recording. There has been a very organic kind of Oscar push for this movie. It's not that A24 has launched a massive campaign for it because they haven't. And honestly, they probably could be doing a little better. But this is a movie that the people who see and respond to respond to in an incredibly deep and personal way and something like that uh where the people who love the movie don't just like it because it's a good movie but have an incredibly personal connection to it that can go far 
Um, like I, I used Drive My Car last year as an example, not a movie that got a massive Oscar push, but a movie that the people who saw and loved responded. Like the, the my joke about that movie is everyone who saw it felt like it was a movie made explicitly for them. And you, you can't fake that type of like incredibly personal love and response. And I think After Sun is a movie that is sort of having that reaction with some voters and it may or may not be enough to get it kind of squarely into the Oscar race. So you said it was funny just uh, while you were saying that I, I was like kind of mad at myself that I couldn't remember that particular moment, his face when they had the scene where he finds out he locked her out. So I pulled it up, but I turned the sound off because obviously we we're doing this and like, I could see it with the sound off on my computer. Yeah. Like I, I, it really actually came through that way. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, it's an incredible movie. Um, and I'm glad that it's finally starting. It, it's actually starting to kind of pick up steam as uh, it's good to know, I, mean, I, I feel like I feel like that means something coming from you as someone that like, you know, it, one is just in L.A. Like I'm sure you hear a little bit yeah. more and two works around this works around the industry and three like goes to a lot of these screenings. So it's cool that you're hearing that and it'd be cool for a, a small movie like this to really to really make it. I mean, I I, I, I am curious how H, I, I'm not around enough. It's hard to know. Like A24 has something and everything everywhere all at once that like is really going to probably going to like uh, is actually a legit best picture contender, not just something that's hoping to get a nomination. So I wonder how they divvy up their efforts, you know, so. it, it, right now it's seems like they're kind of putting all of their eggs in the shared baskets of uh everything ever all at once in the whale that's more more, like, more for best actor in in that one but oh uh, right those are like the, that yeah because best actor is not one that they have to they have to do with that's not that's that's a nomination everything or everything everything everywhere all at once is not going to be competing for so if they're going to yeah. put the eggs in, they're doing it for brendan frazier instead of paul mescal i guess but i don't know we'll see yeah the, or, or, I, I think of the movies that have like a realistic chance of being Oscar players this year. Uh, mm-hmm. After Sun is probably my favorite, so I would, I would really love for it to get some love. And Paul Mescal in particular, a very rare for like one performance to immediately skyrocket an actor actress this far up my like favorite working actor list. But that's cool because uh, because I I I, ha- I have watched Normal People. I'm I I I mean, and I think he's great in it. I have some problems with the show itself. Uh, and but like, I, I mean, I, I, I became a fan of him as soon as I watched that. And then, uh, so, it, it, and then I heard he was playing a dad and I was like, he's like born in 1996. He's how old is, how old is this kid he has? And he, that's fine. Like if someone can play, play, play a little older, uh, that's, you know, it's oftentimes you see that going in the other direction, but it's like, he can, he can pass for 30 fine and fine for a 30, a 30 year old, 11 year old. It's just kind of cool that like, I saw him play like a, a high school slash college student in that one. And here he's a dad and he's like, just as good, if not better Arjun. Ben highlighted that moment, but I'm wondering, because again, you kind of noted too, you're doing this a little, I mean, I think you've done a couple podcasts before where you kind of had the same thing where you have a gap between when you saw it and when we recorded, like Ben almost seems to always have. But I, I, given that like you got on and you're like, hey, I, you couldn't find your notes and you're like, hey, I can't find my notes, but you know what? I, re- I remember this movie well enough because I'm sure there are images in it that stuck with you too. I mean, is there are, are there any certain moments in the movie that we didn't really touch on yet that you were like, oh, wow, I, that the, 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 that, that, that moment there by one of the actors that really stuck with me or that visual moment really stuck with me that, that you that are particularly kind of like glued in your mind? The, yeah, there, there's, there's so much. There's, um, like, I think this is really... Didn't mean to intimidate you with that question, but like you, you hadn't no, talked in a few like, minutes and I, I, I realized we hadn't really like highlighted any parts of the movie that really like meant, meant a lot to you. In a good way. I mean, like there, there's like, there's, yeah, there, there's just like, so this is a really, you know, as, as someone who like, I haven't like made movie stuff before, like movies, and you know, movie stuff. I haven't made a movie or like participated in making movies before. It's like as someone, you know, it's, it's, 
even as someone who isn't trained in that in any way, it's it was quite apparent to me that this is like a very like skillfully made movie. This is a very like you, you know the just the way that the, sort of the camera plays with or like you know Sophie's point of view sort of like plays with like almost frenetic disorganization, but it's actually really organized and it's actually really like you know it's it's focusing on exactly what the camera's supposed to be focusing on, like when you know when she's like she like Sophie's going through puberty puberty at this point like she's or starting to go through puberty and she's just sort of learning about you know um being attracted to people people's and like what you know like having a body that one likes means and 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 this isn't something that's said at all in the movie but this is something that you can just you can infer from things like things like you know like she like she like puts a swimsuit on and then the camera briefly focuses on sort of like shots of people's like you know bodies and underwater or something and not in like not in a way that is intended to be you know necessarily any like not in a way that's supposed to be like you know objectifying or sexual or anything like that but just innocuous shots of like someone's like like arm or something or it'll like linger for a second too long like then it's supposed to be like you know it's it's not it lingers for for yeah for half yeah it's, it's not gratuitous or titillating yeah it's, just, and, it's, and, it's, like, it's saying it's, something else it's, it's just over what what would be sort of like random camera it's like it, it it's it sits there for like half a second and then it like and that's you know that's what we see that's the closest we can get to sort of seeing the experience of discovering one's body in relation to others while growing up as sophie that's such a marvelous like ridiculously like like galaxy brain like way to i i just i can't believe i sort of that moment those few moments will stick in my mind like for like i can't believe you know you know that a movie i like has, has managed to pull this like pull it off this well like this is you know it's um there's a passage at the beginning of um the doors of perception the aldous huxley's essay where he just takes a bunch of mescaline it, it sounds, you know, it's it's not just he takes a bunch of mescaline. It's a really beautiful, moving essay because the, he he just he describes the problem like the problem at the heart of it is that he wants to explore the fundamental the fundamental uh, the fundamental nature of like uh, we can never be inside another person's body. We can never be we can never truly experience what it's like to be another person. But I want to take a bunch of mescaline and find out. And you know, he does. That's not the point. But it's 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 a really beautiful piece of writing. And I kept sort of thinking of things like that when like you know. I can't believe that a movie has managed to just use sort of seemingly simple or like, you know, very pared down camera work and production to produce this kind of fascinating lens into what we see it's like to some for someone to discover their body growing up and discover how feelings sit in their own body and discover how memories affect the way they look at their body growing up. Not just you know their body, but like how they look at themselves. Obviously, um, yeah. Like there's the shots, the again, beautifully brief shots of adult adult Sophie are really sort of beautifully contrasted with like, you know. There's one point where it's, I don't know if it's a similar shot, but like I kept thinking of these two shots. But it's like the same. Uh, the shot, one of the first shots when we see her wake up when she's sitting on her bed with her partner. And I kept thinking of like, it's, it's, I think it's framed a similar way to when she's sitting on the edge of the pool. And it's, um, they're just both contrasted really well. Like one of them is just like, you know, like the bed one is obviously just so much more, more warm and comfortable. And, and, and like, 
great pains are taken to say that like to show that she's comfortable in bed with her partner and should be okay and it's not should be okay but you know what i mean comfortable on her bed with her partner in a seemingly nice flat whatever um and and somehow it's not like somehow she still wants to be in the world of like the kind of cold like the kind of damp indoor tiny pool in in but it's not, maybe not that she wants to be there it's that she wants to wants to be there she wants to be able to go back there and she wants to sort of you know the, as we all do she sort of yearns for that experience of discovery as opposed to you know living just living like living lowercase l living like living like living not living through your bodily experience a bodily experiences but just sort of like living day to day like it's 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 alluring but it's also heart chattering because it's the presumably the last memory of you know her it's it's so much is packed into this movie about memory that it's it's really like it's it's fascinating. I loved that those were the parts of the movie that I loved. The parts of the movie where you see that this is um a child, both in the sense of Sophie and you know, kind of in the sense of Callum too. It's um yeah. I'm sorry. Part, well, no, you're good. Part 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 of what you were saying earlier about just like some of the observations you were making about like with, with respect to the, the younger version of her. Uh that was something that jumped out to me in, in so much as like first of all, it seems it seems like what you're saying too is that they're they're doing a good job of like, you know, she, showing you stuff about what what how this character is changing without like you know they're showing it they're not telling it they're doing a really good job of that in a way and like explaining what this girl's going through but but another thing that in those in those moments a lot of those like maybe even some of the quieter moments ben was talking about that kind of like uh stuck with them in some way that uh kind of stuck out to me were like i i just think maybe this goes to the editing more i guess i think i think the camera holds her face like the right amount of time in a lot of different moments and i think when you have an actor that's like killing it like paul mescal is in this movie and it's like it's just so compelling every time you're looking at his face, it's kind of, it might be compelling to like kind of go back to him, but there are plenty of moments where it's like, you're, you're watching her listen to him. And I think it like, I think, I think it lingers on her an appropriate amount of time. So it's like, not only are you like getting a really good idea of like how she's growing as a person, how the changes she's going through as a person Arjun just described, but it's like, I think it like, it, it trusts her a first time actor to like, you know, convey whatever needs to be conveyed about what this girl's picking up. And I think it, it does a really good job of like kind of showing you that. And I was like very cognizant of, that, cognizant of that when I went back and watched it the second time, because I was like, I'm trying to look for more clues about what's going on here. And I'm looking at, and I'm, so I, I paid even more attention in some of those quieter moments when it's just like focusing on her. And it's like, man, like, I feel like it, it, it's, I mean, I, I, first of all, I, I'm, I'm jealous of you guys that got to see it in a movie. Cause I feel like it might've just hit me in a different way. Who knows? I think I did a good job of like not second screening um, even more so than I, maybe even more so than I do on average when I was watching this at home or, or oh, actually I was watching it on a plane. So I was kind of limited in my options. It wasn't like I was just going to go get on Twitter or something. So I think that helped, but like, I, I was even more focused to like not do that when I wasn't, when I did have when I did have more devices around me the next time I watched it, it just, I was able to really appreciate a lot of that. And just how uh, you can probably learn a lot in a lot of moments where like really like nothing's being said other than whatever's on her face too. Um, look, I think Frankie Goria very much deserved the uh, spirit award nomination she got, but she got like a breakthrough actor one breakthrough actor. Yeah. Awesome. Or breakthrough awesome. performer because uh film independent has now gone uh, gender neutral with their uh, acting noms, but oh, cool. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, it's just incredible she had an actor before. I think she's yeah. really great and really confident. You know, I'm, I was impressed. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was thinking like how like incredible it is that like this in the past two years I've seen two of the or sorry in the past yeah calendar year oh not calendar year in the past two years I've seen two of like the best. Obviously, 
child actors probably shouldn't be used, whatever. But I've seen two of the best like child actor, young performances I think I've ever seen in uh, Frankie Corio in After Sun and Woody Norman in Come On, Come On. Mm. Um, in like, yeah, two. And, you know, and, and that's sort of another thing I really loved about this movie is that like it's, it's um, I really love stuff that is very, um, that's, that's very uh, maybe open, I guess, is the right word, or very, um, you know, cognizant of the wisdom of children, like how we just, you know, that doesn't dismiss children thinking just because they're children, and that doesn't dismiss children having smart ideas and being able to think complex, complex and interesting thoughts because they're children. And, you know, it's one of the reasons I love a series of unfortunate events and sort of always well, you know, it's, it's and I love this movie because of that. It's, it's a really beautifully like beholden to you know that the it's, it's very faithful in the idea that um whatever Sophie does remember and from this sort of vacation in Turkey is 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 um you know it's for want of a better word is sacred because you know it's it's not a memory of a vacation that should be that 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 can or should be dismissed even if she had the best time of her life it would still be good and important and like it's it's still like it's it's an important part of her because it's how she lives now it's you know she she wasn't any less able to see that these things more clearly or experience these things more beautifully just because she was a kid it's um yeah are well, you the point one, oh, sorry no go ahead sorry go ahead ben well I, I was just gonna say and i think one thing this sort of connects to one of the kind of recurring motifs in the movie this is not the only time she's remembered this vacation. This will not be the last time she remembers that vacation. And I think one of the things that sort of goes back to kind of the point you brought up, Arjun, about um, kind of the limits of understanding. It's not that you either understand or you don't. We never fully understand the essence and fullness of another person, but we can get closer and closer and closer. And as, as we as we near that understanding, we start going slower and slower because we, we can never fully reach it. But the act of trying to understand another person, in this case, through memories, because that's all that Sophie has left, is an ongoing process. And the hope is you get closer every time. And so we have that kind of motif of a videotape, of rewinding and playing it over again and looking through the moments more and more, investigating try, to try to get a closer look. That, in some ways, is the way the movie frames memory as a, a way to understand a person. And, and, and I think that element of, even at the end of the movie, we, when we have the moment, like kind of the moment of under pressure, they see each other, they're in the same place, but they, they're apart for, for much of that sequence. And, and I think there is, there is something in this movie of the limits of how fully we are ever able to understand another person. And that's okay because that's just what it, what it is. Even the people we're close to, even the people we love, we're never fully inside their skin. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's just, that's what it is to be human. And, and I think after sun at its best is a movie that, understands the the limits of understanding but also follows characters who are or a character who is trying to do the best she can to understand further even though she's never going to be able to fully reach that destination 
if, if that makes sense at all. Yeah, no, that's exactly. And, and you feel that frustration so like intensely in this movie. Like you, you know, I think at the beginning, at the beginning of the at the beginning of the, the podcast, Josh said something. I like I wonder if you said something like, you know, this movie doesn't inspire. Um, you know, you you see how 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 far Sophie is from her father, even in the present day, and you know how and that this movie doesn't inspire anger at that. You know, this like it doesn't tell you what the what the turning point is, but this movie, it does inspire like frustration. Like you feel that frustration so intensely where it's like Sophie realizing again and again that she can never be as close to her father as she want, like as she you know wants to, and that she will go through this again. And that that sort of and um that is really and but you know like it I, I think it part of it is also that's that is a sometimes depressing reality and the movie also beautifully conveys the flip side of that, you know, the idea that we can never sort of see perfectly what it's like to be another person and we can never totally be that close, but we will also never be totally alien to another person. We will also never be, you know, and yeah, we will we'll also, we can't get to 100%, but we can also never get to 0%. There will always yeah. be parts of us that we see in everyone else. And, and I think, you know, it's important that this movie takes place at a resort too with a bunch of other people and it's, it's, um, and you know, it's important that this, like, not, you know, it, this movie doesn't just take place, like, this movie could just be sort of her in a, in a hotel room with her dad, and I'm sure it would still be pretty good, but, like, it's important that it takes place in, at a, at a resort with a bunch of other people. She, she sees all of these people that she could be close, like, you know, she, she sort of has glimpses inside of these kinds of people, and that sort of, even if it is frustrating, you do get a sense that it is a bit more hopeful at the end, like, she has gotten a little bit closer, and she is a little bit maybe a little bit closer to understanding maybe she'll never get there but yeah she's and you know she's got, i i i absolutely agree yeah i also like it's the good. diversion i also i also like some of the other diversions around the movie where she's hanging out with the other kids and so much as like i think that, that that is kind of part of being a kid is that like you can pick up on stuff that's like maybe going on with your parents it's darker or something but you can like also try and like kids can try and multitask too and live their life at the same time and go go do their own things also and uh, even if something else is going on, like that's, it's, it's part of, it's part of growing up is kind of like learning about that. Like, even if she might've just had some kind of like weird interaction with her dad or might not co- totally get what's going on with her, she can go still like try and she can still try and go have another connection or go have fun and like, I mean, deal with that later. Uh, and I, 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 so I, 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 I thought that was, I, th- I thought it was well, well done. I, I had the same thought as you did, Arjun, for a minute. I thought like, and based on what I knew about the movie, I thought it, it literally might just be watching these two people do stuff for an hour and a half when I sat down to watch it. I did not know anything else about it other than it was like father and daughter go on vacation that she remembers. I, I knew nothing else, but I, but I appreciated how they, uh, Charlotte Wells, like kind of filled in the rest of these movie with these other characters that they have interactions with and stuff, you know? Um, we, yeah, we, we didn't even talk really about that. We didn't really talk about that scene too with them right, right after the scuba thing, which I think that was just another, yeah. that, that, that was a, that was another, first of all, that was another example of just like great acting between the two of them where like, you know, the whole thing with like her, like making the point about like, oh, sorry, I knew the mask was important and him like seemingly thinking he was like not showing that he was upset about it, but her kind of picking up on it anyway. And that was all really well done. But I mean, I, I mean, I feel like the, the, the interaction that Callum has with the scuba instructor is like one of the more profound things in the movie. And it just kind of sneaks up on you too. I, I wanted to bring up that scene yeah. actually. So I'm yeah. really glad you did. Yeah. I mean, I think especially that's also, I think one of our first clues that Callum is likely not with us in mm-hmm. in the the present day yeah when he said when he says um, i don't know if i'm gonna make it till 40 or whatever yeah yeah but it's um, again but it's it's a moment that would be very easy to play for like play for histrionics play for play overly 
the the Hollywood version of it is the overdramatic, sensationalist version of this. It's this character like money means a lot more to to Callum. Um, he doesn't have a lot of it. Uh, she's cost him money. He's trying to do the best he can to not show it. But we don't have an explosion. We just have this sadness for this character that one uh this has cost him money but he really does not want his daughter to feel that both because he's ashamed of letting her see that his own struggles and because he doesn't want her to feel ashamed hmm. um and i th- i mean yeah i think that moment is beautifully conveyed but i think it gets to the central uh kind of gets to like my central point about these characters relationships that Callum for all of his problems it's very clear that there are demons that he is fighting it is very clear that he has some struggle with alcohol or substance abuse for all of those problems he's not a monster in any way he is just a per- he is just a person who struggles with things and truthfully as despite the way we like to uh, categorize people sometimes, it's not you're either a good person or a bad person. Um, You are a person and complex in your personhood. And Callum has problems, but that doesn't make him a bad person. That doesn't make him a bad father. That doesn't make him anything more or less than someone who is trying to do the best they can with the hand they've been dealt. And he's someone who wants to be the best father he can but has no idea what the hell he's doing and i think that scene is one of the most beautifully communicated portraits of that in the movie yeah well, I, get the point. I, I appreciate the point you made about the substance abuse or alcoholism or whatever it might be it doesn't need it doesn't need to be explained but like yeah i do think it's like i appreciate it sometimes when movies can like kind of really subtly convey that there might be some kind of issue like that but like um, but not really need to hit you over the head with it either. I mean, yeah, maybe some people might just be like complete belligerent drunks all the time, but like, you know, it, it, it's, it's harder to show the other kind of person that might have a problem. And he does in all, probably the majority of the scenes in this movie are close to it. He does have it. He's ordering a drink or has a drink in his hand already. And, yeah. uh, and then, so and then stop portraying people who are struggling with addiction as complete monsters challenge 2023. Right. And I mean, you, you, we see him go yeah. on one bender, but like, I mean, fine. You know, like it, it, it's, it's it, other than that, it's like him, he's constantly probably drinking something, ordering something at the bar. And it's like, yeah, there are some people that like aren't monsters to everyone, but like they might be, just be using it to like numb something or to like yeah. try and take their mind off of something. And uh, it's a little more, and it, they might be overly reliant on that, but they're not doing it. They're not doing it in a way where they feel the need to like drink to the point where they lose control of their faculties either. Uh, so I kind of, I kind of appreciate that just kind of like being there. I, whenever I, I feel like I've made this point a couple other times before on other podcasts, but like a movie that a, a, a different kind of movie that I think also does that well is the spectacular now. Um, like in that movie, like the, the Miles Teller character is just kind of like constantly drinking throughout the movie, but like, he's not like going crazy for most of it. But then the, uh, the, the, the Bob Odenkirk character just kind of calls him out on it, like late in the movie. And, uh, and, and, and that's just kind of that. And I, and, and, and it's like, oh yeah, like maybe someone else was kind of noticing that. And I, and so I, I think it's, I think it's just a good thing here to like show you like, Hey, we don't need to like spell out every single issue this guy's having, but like, there are these other things that you can kind of pick up on and that's, and that's fine. It, it, it's, I think it's just really smart that she doesn't really feel the need to over explain. Yeah. Arjun, anything else about the movie we didn't talk about yet that you want to touch on before you wrapped up? Well, yeah. Like I, you know, it's, um, the one thing 
just like yeah, continue for what like Ben was saying. And then uh, what did I write? I can't read my writing. Okay, it doesn't matter. Um, um, the, you take your the, time. Uh, I can cut stuff out. It's okay. <laughs> um, like the, like you know what Ben was saying about the the um, yeah, like how, like not showing him as 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 a monster, not sure despite the problems that he's facing. I like I love that this movie, you know, maybe loved isn't the right loved isn't the right word, but sort of like painfully like yeah, painfully loved that this movie um, showed that. Whatever problems he's facing, um, you know, um, whether it's substance abuse, whether it's, um, you know, there were some, I read some reads of the movie that were like, made, like Callum, Callum is gay and, you know, and he was like, and like after that, I was like, okay, yeah, after like maybe the the the, the, the scuba instructor thing was floating, I guess, like, you know, I, I could see it, but that's not, that's sort of like not like the, the point. It's, it's, even if that is like, right, it's, it's, it's showing how that he feels to me at least he feels alone and he is yeah. really he's just profoundly lonely even if he has people you know the movie does a great thing where it repeatedly shows him being cordial and nice and agreeable with other people and just generally quite a good person who cares for other people and he you know and so, i'm very good very good terms with uh her mom too yeah he's loving in terms of the mom he obviously cares for sophie a lot he stops and talks to like random tourists a lot while still like making sure sophie's okay he is resolutely a good dad and a good person and he still feels just painfully lonely and that is like and the moments when Callum comes alive which is like you know beautiful really an acting job from Paul Meskell like the the bit with the scuba instructor when he sort of talks a bit and like he, he talks to the scuba instructor and he sort of sees for, for you know for want of a better word a way out whether it's like something a way out of being you know lonely whether it's like the brief fantasy of going to work here for a while or like you know whether that's the brief fantasy of having something to take him away from wanting to grab a drink or something and like you know that that's it's he, he feels less lonely for a second and that was really i think beautifully conveyed in the movie as as someone who you know sophie is someone who sophie doesn't feel i guess lonely much during the flashbacks but you, you get the sense that in the present she feels this sense of very profound loneliness even from the you know two minutes we see her character which is again very skillful filmmaking i think and it's this is a really profound movie about like loneliness. I think like loneliness will feel. You know, I once saw someone talking about how like in 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 the range of people who exist on 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 Earth, um, there's you know there's some awful people. There are people who will, or there's some people who will do bad things. There are people who will you know want to eat other people. There are people who will want to like do awful things to other people and kill them and then whatever. But there's no one who wants to be alone or lonely. There's no one who wants to be lonely. Like solitary confinement is the worst thing you can give someone like we we there's no one who you know we're always just sort of looking for a way out of that that loneliness and we're always that's what we all want and that was that was like that was dan harbin talking about why he made community and hmm. um and i got that i felt that so much with this movie he's just Callum is looking for ways out of loneliness sometimes but he's also trying to be a good dad and he's also trying to and sometimes he's not sure where those lines cross whether he's talking about like you know whether he wants to be with his daughter because he wants to be less lonely or whether he wants to take care of his daughter and also be less lonely and like sort of keep them separate and he's confused and lost and alone and you know you know a, a lot of us are sometimes um you know people get on a boat with LeVar Burton and never come back and the movie after some really showed that sort of like yearning for connection beautifully I think and why memories like this are valuable why memories like this can just sort of sometimes make us feel less lonely because they can make us see that you know I yeah my parent my father and my mother whatever what my parent was a whole person 
even when I thought I was the loneliest I could be. I appreciate that thought. I, I don't know. I don't, I, have you seen Bones and All? Uh, no, no, I haven't yet. I, also, I actually made like a very similar point about, about bones and all like just respect to like, Hey, and you made, you made the comment about people eating other people. I was like, I was going to joke like, and not, not all of them have been casting Luke one. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had the thought like, Oh, I actually kind of made a similar point about loneliness in a movie about people in, in, in something I wrote about people eating other people. So, uh, but, but like, I, I totally hear what you're saying though. And I thought that, yeah, this movie did a really good job of like, you know, depicting that. Um, Ben, any other final thoughts from you on uh, after sun? Yeah, I mean, so one thing I actually wanted to build off of uh, from what Arjun just yeah. said, an- another piece of the movie, and this is sort of like the personal connection mm-hmm. coming in a little bit, maybe more than it should, but a piece of it that I wonder for Sophie as a character is how much of pres- the present day version of her is haunted by a feel- is haunted by a question of whether in some way the reason her dad is either dead or gone or in some way, whatever reason he's no longer in her life is it because on some level she wasn't enough and you can as a parent you can do kind of the best job you can to make sure your kid doesn't feel that but you can't control how they respond and you can't control that whatever the reason on some level i think part part of why I, Sophie may be interrogating these memories is because this lingering feeling that there was something she should have done or just the the fact that she was there. She wanted that to be enough for her dad and for one, whatever reason it wasn't. And that's one of the things we can never really control um, about our parents. Um, so, yeah, it gets a harder thing to get closure on if assuming he, I mean, especially if he died from something that like di- died from unnatural causes, I guess, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's never actually stated. It's never stated that he's dead. It's never stated if he is, what no, but the yeah, cause you, yeah. was, but no, but your it, thought, your thought, your thought, yeah, your, your thoughts, your thought applies there yeah. regardless of what happened to him. Definitely. And I, um, I can see how, I mean, that, that's certainly something I could see like why it would be and the point Arjun made earlier just like oh that's not gonna be the last time she does that and looks at that film and has these thoughts and all that stuff and like if uh, a lingering thought such as the one you just expressed is like a very a, 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 an obvious reason for that because like she's never gonna get an answer for that you know yeah um I, the other thing I was gonna ask you about actually was did you have any did you have any thoughts on how she uh the choice that she made to like have that um to actually have that rave scene or the, 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 the club scene where she's like seeing him dancing and, uh, but it's like the older version of her. What did you yeah. think about how she executed that? I mean, it's, it's a beautiful, it's, it's a beautiful sequence and I get why it's, it's the one that people have been coming back to is the most cathartic moment in the movie. Mm-hmm. But one of the things as, as someone who like, who does kind of like, like raves and, and, dance nights and and stuff like that especially as someone who look i can be sort of closed off sometimes and one of the things i like about experiences like that i i don't feel that same pressure to keep myself tight i feel like i can release and be myself fully and fully in the moment to be fully present and i think for in in her memory of Callum or like this version of Callum that she has created she has created a moment where he is able to be the most fully himself 
to to be the version that she can never fully that she can never fully understand in his completeness but wants to because this is him this is him without any inhibitions and as she's getting closer and closer she can't be him she can't be fully with him but she can at least be in the same place as an adult as she is now as as she is nearly at the same age that he was at the time and and i think it is a beautiful way of portraying without kind of too directly stating the feeling of getting closer and closer to this full person who you can never reach but want to understand more um and that that to me is what that scene is she's she's kind of found a version of him at his most uninhibited and most himself and that's why it, it, it's kind of for me the perfect representation of being able to get closer to him yeah one, one other scene we didn't actually talk about much too is the um the one where she's like trying to interview him about what it was like when he was 11 or what he yeah. did on his 11th birthday or whatever and uh and like he just he, he, that, that's one of the moments where something probably becomes apparent to her is something's a little off with him at the moment because like he can't he really can't express himself about that and is really uncomfortable uh being put on the spot like that and eventually, like, he agrees to talk a little more with her once she turns the camera off. And she says, I'll just record it on in my mind camera, which I think yeah. is a, 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 a line a few people have picked up on from the movie is like, obviously, when you, she the whole it's a whole thing is a memory movie. And she talks about her mind camera right there. And I think that kind of goes to a little bit what we were talking about, too, is like she, she I mean, she has these certain things that are on the camera there. But like, you know, for a lot of it, she is just relying on that on that mind camera. And I think that that, that alone is there, therefore is a barrier to like, you know, not even necessarily getting in his skin, but like, you know fully remembering him in the way she wants to is like is, is because of that and i think you know uh it, it, it i don't know i think it all just kind of like I, I think it all ends up getting tied together pretty nicely and i already kind of expressed how i thought they they kind of eschewed some like you know possible ways they could have gone in it that would have made it a lesser movie and i think it just it all kind of like builds up in a very very like as satisfying as it can be way when the whole thing is about how you're probably never going to get full satisfaction when you're trying to reconcile with these feelings, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I guess yeah. the other last thing I wanted to to leave off with it. Um, yeah. I love the fact that it was, I mean, like I said, outside of the fact that I, I love Turkey and it's a country that means a <laughs> lot to me, I think it was actually a really good place to set the movie outside of the fact that Turkey is just an incredibly beautiful country and highly recommend going uh, also highly recommend not staying at resorts Um actually spent some time in Turkey. It's amazing. Uh, inc- amazing country, incredible people, uh, probably some of the best food you'll ever have. But it's also a country, like Turkish identity is very interesting in that it is, one of the things you feel there is how much of a meeting place it is of all of these different cultures. It's it's like, it is literally uh, half European and half Asian. And you have historically kind of so many other kind of cultures from all over the world that have sort of met in this point and created this kind of distinct cultural identity that is made up of something that is obviously distinctly Turkish, but also taking from so many other things outside of itself, that it's kind of a very appropriate setting for both Sophie as a young person who is starting to understand more and more of the world and someone who is trying to understand more deeply the complexity of this person who she never fully can. It just it, for me, it just feels it's it feels appropriate without being on the mm. nose. 
I can't, I can't um, really speak to that. I've never, I've never been to Turkey. I think my parents might've went once, but like, I, I never have. So I, it's, 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 it's I appreciate it. It's one of my favorite places in the world. Um, it's really beautiful. It's, um, yeah. Yeah. I think Ben, Ben's probably been more to like, and you probably been more to like, I don't know, like the, the country. I mean, I've been more to the yeah. cities in Turkey. I mean, um, both are great. Like Istanbul is one of like my favorite cities in the world, but like yeah. the rest of Turkey is amazing too. I want to go back and see even more of it because it's so cool. Um, I actually, yeah. one of the saddest uh, experiences I've had in the last like year is when I was in Turkey, there was this one restaurant in uh, this like one town that I went to every day I was there and one, like a couple of days, like two times a day, because it is like one of my favorite, like this, this restaurant was like one of my favorite places I've ever been to. And I, I looked it up recently and it closed during the pandemic and it broke my heart. Gosh, that's, huh. that's tough. I have a couple of places like that, even locally to me that I'm still yeah. upset about. Um, all right. Well, I think, I think it's safe to say we'd all recommend after sun, I hope. And as we head down the stretch of award season, I hope uh, Ben's inklings are turning into more than just that. And um, yeah, uh, before we get out of here, uh, Ben, anything else you've been watching recently you want to recommend to the listeners? Uh, yeah. So I would actually love to hype up another A24 movie about trying to understand your parents. You're just uh, a big when... A24 fanboy, aren't you? You know, it's okay. It's funny. I, I love A24. They do a no, lot. It's, of it's actually, no, I actually like teasing Daniel about that more. Cause he used to like, like really like crap on them. Cause he didn't like the horror movie compared to other stuff. But then like yeah. five, 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 A24 movies are on his top 10 last year. <laughs> um, but well, so, but here's the thing about them that is sort of frustrating. And this does connect to the, what I was saying earlier about some movies they give more or less of a push to. A24 is somewhat, sometimes very selective about what movies they give a real push towards both in terms of awards contention but also in terms of release in terms of a social media push and i think one filmmaker who has suffered in particular of having her stuff not buried but not given the resources uh, her films deserve is joanna hawk um who is most known for directing uh, the souvenir films and this year released a movie called the eternal daughter i i saw the eternal daughter a couple days ago and i'm still i might love it more than after song just it, it's it's a incredible film. It's sort of a uh, loosely a gothic horror movie about a filmmaker, uh, sort of the adult version of the the character from the souvenir movies, who has come to a former family home turned currently hotel uh, with her mother. With the implication, their fa- her father has just died, and she intends to interview her mother. Uh, to kind of use her experiences and their relationship to make a movie. And both characters are played by Tilda Swinton, um, the the filmmaker and the filmmaker's mother. And I don't want to say any more about it, but it revolves around a lot of similar ideas uh, to After Sun, but with a lot of extra weight given to art as catharsis and the emotional weight of physical spaces. Um, It's sort of a horror movie. Don't be put off if horror movies are not normally your thing because it's very unique. It is also visually one of the most stunning movies I've seen in a long time. Um, But it is a very special movie and I hate that it has not gotten any type of real push. So yeah, The Eternal Daughter, please watch it. I think it's on streaming now. Yeah, I was going to say, you can stream it now for $5 on Amazon or if you're not somewhere that has it still in theaters. I, I, oh, I, as I detailed to Ben before, we, as I detailed to Ben before we recorded, I, I had my own like 
theater projector malfunction that stopped me from being able to see it in theater. So I'm sad about that, but I will get to it on streaming before we, uh, before we round out our year with our top 10 podcast or, or even, or, or even before Oscar nominations come out. So then if I really love it, I can be indignant about it, you know, not getting any Oscar nominations. Like, yeah, anyway. I, I, I will say like Kate Blanchett, uh, is it like she may like she she may win best actress this year which would be incredibly deserved and i for a while i've said she is probably my favorite uh like my personal pick for best actress tilda swinton is pushing her Mm. um still tilda what tilda swinton does in this movie is kind of it's it's kind of incredible i mean both of those actresses are something you like expect nothing less than that from but uh this is either career best or near career best work, work from both of them. That's some, uh, that's, that's some uh, high praise and a good tease for anyone that thinks they might want to check out The Eternal Daughter. Arjun, anything you've been watching recently you'd like to plug before we get out of here? I I, I guess everyone's seen Decision to Leave. I think I was the last to see Decision to Leave. It is really, oh, it's really beautiful. I really, yeah, I really like, I love how fluid everything is. It's really, I'd like Tangway is fantastic. Every, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's it's just it's another beautiful movie about just um yeah loneliness. I think um but you know a lot of people have seen it by this point. Um, I finished, finished Slow Horses, which is a lovely sort of spy like drama. It's you know I don't know if it's something you'll love if you don't if you're not like me where you're like just will go in for anything spy related. But it's it's fun and it has Jack Bowden in it and he's sort of. Mm shows his rage like he, he's playing very much not his character not secret Sassoon, not anyone like his character from benediction he's playing like sort of like um a fuck up on the other end of the fuck up scale like the complete yeah the, the you know it's it's um it's and it, you know it, yeah it's just quite an interesting spy series i you know quite liked it um i think you know, i don't like a book one second okay uh, I've not I've not done Slow Horses yet. I, I, I like a lot of what Apple TV does, but like I'm also not as big of a Tinker Tailor Soldier size spy fan as a lot of people are. And it's like then I see like Gary Oldman's spy series. That some people say, and it has slow in the title. I'm like I don't know if it's yeah. gonna be for me. How well, many times have is, you seen Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, Arjun? I've lost it, but um, <laughs> in the last two months, in the last two two three months, at least four. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, I mean, some of those were like in the background while I was doing laundry, but the laundry took <laughs> watching movies, uh, you know, whatever. Um, and, uh, I think, well, when when Soul Horses was released, I think I, I think it was Rolling Stone. I can't remember who the headline was. Gary Oldman stars as stinker failure older spy. Is like, <laughs> that is fully what convinced me to watch Soul Horses. <laughs> um, oh gosh, um, sorry. I, you said you want to plug a book too? Yes, I can't remember. I don't know when this was exactly released. I don't think it's new. Uh, it's probably probably more recent you know last few years oh, oh, 2000 okay pretty not pretty old it feels recent um it's called the feeling of what happens by antonio damasio he is a very influential uh psychologist memory like a uh neuroscientist psychologist who studies memory and he came up with um the somatic margaret hypothesis which basically says that we remember things that were that are that are that influence our physical bodily relationships in some way that is emotionally salient to us. So we'll remember things that raise our heartbeat when we see our hands doing something or our legs doing something, or we remember things that, you know, produce a certain feeling in our, you know, in like in our embodied consciousness. And that is something that it's really, that's a hypothesis, hypothesis 
that's really beautifully reflected in Aftersun, where, you know, she sees people moving their hands and legs and bodies as they grow older, and it cuts to her growing older and understanding her own body. And yeah, that's, and, you know, seeing her father and, um, but it's a really beautiful book. He is notably, um, he, when he was younger, wanted to be a filmmaker, Antonio Damasio, and studies basically, every, looks at basically everything, like, through, um, I bookmarked the first point where he mentions movies or uh, the stage in it, and it's 10 pages in. So, like, constantly talks about how, like, you know, memories as watching a movie or memories as looking at people entering and exiting a stage. What does the point where we enter a stage mean? Or, like, like you know, how do we, what does that memory stage, like, mean? What is it, like, composed of? And he has really a few very interesting viewpoints about sort of consciousness and memory that, are very elegant, you know, I think scientifically, but also just very artistically beautiful that um, line up mm. very well with how the best movies about memory depict memory, like After Sun and like Sans Soleil and yeah. So. Yeah, an interesting, interesting uh, recommendation. Thank you. Uh, I've, I, I've, I've been sick with COVID the last week, so I, and I've already did a lot of podcasts right before that, so I didn't have a, a ton to recommend, but like one thing I actually watched yesterday that I've been trying to watch for a while was Ramin Barani's Chop Shop which I I'd heard about when 99 homes came out, which I really liked. And I, uh, and then around the time 99 homes came out, like it didn't reference the movie, but there was an article in, uh, uh, there was an article I read online about the, the area where chop shop is set in. It's just like this, uh, which is like this neighborhood in Queens in New York. That's like literally like a block away from where the Mets play. Um, and it's kind of crazy because it's this whole other world where it's just um, these very, very rundown auto shops all in a line. And it just looks like a you, you, you wouldn't believe you're like a, a, a block away from a major league baseball stadium. And, it was, and, I, and I just heard that he made a, a, a show like a movie about like this kid that like, you know, like uh, did, did, did something in that area. I didn't know nothing else about it, but I was just very curious because I was curious about how this area could even exist and what it was like. And. I, and it was just not available to stream for years. And then all of a sudden by chance yesterday, I, I saw, I, 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 I don't know why I happened to search it on letterbox and saw that it was now in criterion. So I was able to go watch it on criterion channel and I really enjoyed it. It gets great performances out of these kids that, you know, are just trying to kind of get by, get by in, in life by uh, existing in this little one little pocket of New York. And it was, it was really cool and really well done. And I'm, I, I'm just glad I finally got to check it out. It was only 84 minutes and it's on criterion. So highly recommend that to people if you if, if you liked his other work or just think or if you just like slice of life movies that like find interesting parts of america you've never seen before so yeah ben before you get out of here you want to plug anything like social media wise uh i will update my letterbox um yeah i'm on there as ben lubin you can also search the plot is lost one word but yeah i will update it occasionally and with that uh that is the li- limits of my social media and i will turn it over to them yeah, there you go. Arjun, uh, I mean, you're a little more active on Twitter than Letterboxd. I can't remember if you like to plug stuff or not, but you, you're, you're uh, free to do it. It's just, yeah, probably Arjun on Twitter and Letterboxd. And I, you know, I barely update my Letterboxd. Um, Daniel, if you're, Daniel, if you're listening to this, I will do it in 10 to 12 years. Um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, I'm sure I should get a different social media at some point. <laughs> no, you're good. I'm I mean, sure I should you, leave all of them, you know. Probably that too, so, yeah. I think, yeah. I think Ben would probably endorse that. As usual, I'm Josh Shrenovoy, J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-V-O-Y on both Twitter and Letterboxd. Podcast Twitter is uh, at RionMoviePod. Podcast email is RionMoviePod at gmail.com. Uh, coming up next on the podcast, I'm 
Uh, I'm not really sure at this point. Uh, might be depending on, again, as I keep saying, depending on when our friend Josh Brown gets someone to drive me to the movie theaters, we will do one on Avatar The Way of Water uh, and and also do one on uh, No Bomb Box White Noise. So those are the two that I know we uh, I got I to gotta wrangle, uh, wrangle Josh and wrangle our friend Lissa for. And uh, after that, you know, we will probably just round out uh, 2022 with a few other things and then jump into the 2023 releases because I think I'm going to come off the COVID injury shelf soon and I'm going to see Megan. So might uh, might gather up Daniel and someone else to do a podcast on that. So everyone stay tuned for that. Thanks to Arjun and Ben for joining me and we'll see you next time.